It's Meteorological Monday. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth science, and even periodically, interesting off-topic episodes. Usually, we do that on Open Line Friday. And today, it's Monday, Meteorological Monday. Our focus, medium, short-term forecast and analysis. And I've got some interesting stats that we'll dive into here momentarily. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, and this is episode number 194 for Monday, May 24th, 2021. And what a toasty weekend we had. We've been pretty much in a warm cycle or warm pattern for a little while, and that was foreseen by you, something we call the MJO, the Madden-Julian Oscillation. That's one of the teleconnections worldwide, which will have an impact on our weather pattern here in the United States. And we were in that cycle. We broke free from that really cool cycle and went into this warm and dry period. Hope you enjoyed the weekend. Temperatures did slip into the upper 80s. However, we did not hit 90, at least not yet. And so this morning, that sent me on a quest. I did a little research on 90 degree days on the front half of the year. In other words, the, the first few 90 degree days of the season. And I went into the 20 year average and actually it was a good place to do that because that meant that I studied 2001 to 2020. That is 20 years worth of data. And 2000 would have been one of those years where, uh, you know, it's, it's like, where do you put that? And if you remember, 2000 was the year that we had no 90 degree days. Now, that's really unusual. Uh, the highest temperature that year was 88, and that only happened a couple of times. It was a very humid year. It was a very cloudy summer, obviously, a lot of cloud cover, and it was a summer that was riddled with all kinds of uh, rain events. So it was a wet summer, June, July, and August. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at 2001 through 2020 and some of the averages that really stand out. Again, we have yet to see the first 90-degree day at Hopkins Airport. And is that unusual? And the answer really is no. We have uh, seen the 90-degree temperature pop up in Toledo. That is not unusual because from Toledo West, uh, many times you'll have uh, some May days that reach 90 degrees, but not necessarily in Cleveland. So what is the average date on which Cleveland Hopkins Airport sees its official first 90-degree day. 
Well, the 20-year average is June the 12th, so we're not even in the month of June yet. That's still uh, about a week or so away, and uh, we're going to have kind of a fun uh, introduction to the June 2nd uh, Weather Jazz podcast coming up. That'll be the first June episode. You don't want to miss that. Make sure you're subscribing. That way you automatically get the download into your iPad or iPhone or Android, whatever devices you listen to your podcast on. So that way it just automatically comes in and it alerts you, hey, there's a new Weather Jazz episode. Typically, again, for those of you that are brand new listeners, we have releases on Monday, which is Meteorological Monday, Wednesday, which is Science Wednesday, and Open Line Friday, which literally can be anything, not necessarily weather or science. Sometimes it's just a very strange, goofy, off-topic episode. That is my typical release schedule, and sometimes we'll have some extra releases if the weather warrants, and every once in a while when the weather is quiet or there's not much going on, maybe one less, but Typically, it's three a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All right, let's get back to 90-degree days. Because since 2001, there is a 20-year average. The 20-year average is uh, 13. That is the number of 90-degree days that we will see in a typical season. But that number is all over the place. Of course, in 2000, we had none, but we didn't count that in the equation. Since 2001, there was one summer, 2004, that only had one 90-degree day, and that was in the month of June, uh, which is uh, somewhat unusual uh, because uh, usually if you have one in June, you have a, a bunch more in July, August, and even early September. That wasn't the case. June 9th, we hit 91 degrees in 2004, and that was the last one of the season. Apparently, it was a kind of a wet uh, and cloudy-ish summer, and a very humid one, too. Whenever the dew point goes very high, it's difficult to reach 90 degrees, and uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, that will be a uh, science-type um, episode up and coming because of the dynamics involved in very high levels of moisture content and afternoon high temperatures. Uh, Again, we'll get more into that later, and I don't want to muddy the waters with that here because we're talking about 90-degree days on the front half of the summer. Uh, The earliest one that I can find in the last 20 years occurred on May 17th, and that was in 2017, not too long ago. That was only five years ago. Uh, and that was 90 degrees uh, set on that date, May 17, 2017. And in that year, we had 1990-degree days. That's above normal. Here's another interesting 90-degree stat. Uh, since 2016, we have seen an above-normal number of 90-degree days. Consecutive, 2016, we had... Uh, 29 90-degree days. That was on the high side. 2017, we had 19. 2018, we had 22 90-degree days. 2019, 20 
90 degree days. And in 2020, 16. Notice uh, that that number has been going down. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that 2021 will have a, a commensurate number of 90 degree days under that. Uh, in other words, there, there's no particular rhyme or reason. You have to look at the long-term teleconnections. And this year, uh, our forecast call for 20 to 25 90 degree days. And the big reason is that we have a La Nina still in the equatorial Pacific. And whenever that occurs, typically we have a warmer than normal summer with a greater than normal number of 90 degree days. That's 13. We will see how that works out. But so far, we have yet to see the first 90 degree days, uh, degree date uh, of the season, nor will we as we head into the next few, as uh, we're going to start looking at uh, a little bit of a cooling trend. Uh, Let's talk about that cooling trend because the MJO is now sliding into phase six and seven. So what does that mean for us? We were uh, just exiting the cool phase, phase two and three, and then moving into phase four, five, typically five, six tend to be warm phases for the eastern U.S. And now we're seeing a phase seven, almost a phase eight, which is a transitory phase back to cool. And as we look at the Memorial Day forecast, now this is not a specific forecast per se. We'll have to wait. But the long-term pattern for the U.S. indicates that the ridge, the warm bubble, which was right on top of us for the last seven or so days, is trending or migrating to the west. So uh, if you're looking for warmth uh, for the Memorial Day period, you might want to think about taking a little vacation in Kansas City or Denver or Albuquerque or Four Corners or even Phoenix for that matter. Because we will be cooling down, it appears as though, on average, uh, heading into the Memorial Day period. And that will probably uh, come alongside with some uh, precipitation events as well. Again, this is not a specific forecast for Memorial Day weekend. That's really too far out at this stage. Uh, but as we go through the week, especially toward the end of the week, we might have a better idea. Uh, as uh, we begin to get ready for the Memorial Day weekend. We'll have, of course, all of the details right here on Weather Jazz as we approach that holiday. We'll probably do something this uh, open line Friday as well. I have one more thing that I'm going to talk to you about today, which is kind of cute, kind of interesting. Animals and mascots. In particular, animals that are mascots, mascots rather, for National Weather Service uh, or weather-related entities. Uh, that's kind of cute. And also mascots, especially college mascots, that have weather names and weather themes. Kind of interesting. So we'll wrap up uh, with this episode right after this short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about these weather mascots coming up. And we're back and we're going to talk about 
animals today. Animals always are a great topic, even if you're not a pet owner. There seems to be a common love for animals and their owners. And in this case, we're going to take a look at two weather entities. I'm sure there are more than this. This might be a Good Friday topic at some point. But I'll show you the two entities that I'm aware of that actually have a cat as a mascot. The first is the Mount Washington Observatory. They've always had a cat as their mascot. And they have a brand new one. And this cat's name is Nimbus. You can catch a glimpse of Nimbus on my show notes, episode number 194 at weatherjazz.com. And he is a rather curious animal, and obviously with a weather name, Nimbus, being the cloud in this case for the summit of Mount Washington. Often, the Nimbus cloud is an undercast because they're at 6,288 feet above sea level. The second that I'm aware of is a cat mascot of the National Weather Service at Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, this cat's name is Tarmac, as in an airport tarmac, because the National Weather Service in this case is at the airport. So go check out the two images of those two kitties, the two mascots at Weather Service entities, Nimbus and Tarmac. Very, very cute indeed. So this also sent me on another little adventure, if you will. I looked for other mascots that either were some type of uh, direct reference to a weather or meteorological uh, type event or a mascot whose name had a meteorological type tie-in. Okay, so here we go. These are the colleges that I have found with such mascots. Wheaton College. Wheaton College is represented by a mastodon, which is an extinct relative of the elephant. And Wheaton College mascot's name is Thunder. At Middle Tennessee State University, they have a mascot, a winged horse, whose name is Lightning. St. Cloud University up in Minnesota, they are represented by the costumed husky named Blizzard. In that case, a uh, the name related to a meteorological phenomenon and a very, very appropriate one being St. Cloud, Minnesota. Now, the University of Miami is interesting in that they are nicknamed the Hurricanes, the Miami Hurricanes, but their mascot is a bird that supposedly is the last to leave before a storm and the first one to come back. So there's a interesting tie-in there. So it's almost a, a double tie-in. All right, let's move to the Southern Nazarene University. They are known as the Crimson Storm. And their mascot is a thunderbird, a mythological creature that allegedly makes thunder by flapping its wings. Lake Erie College in Ohio, they are represented by Stormy, the animated cyclone, which is the mascot of uh, this liberal arts college in Ohio. We'll head out to the West Coast now, Fresno. 
California, Fresno Pacific University. They have Sunny the Sunbird. And here's an interesting one. Cloud County Community College. You really have to pay attention saying to that one. Quite an alliteration. Cloud County Community College, or CCCC. Where is Cloud County? It's uh, almost smack dab in the central part of Kansas, north central Kansas. It's near Concordia. Their mascot is Thor, and that's the mythological character of storms, lightning, and thunder. We'll go to Trine University, whose mascot is a white tiger named Storm, and their team is known as the Trine University Thunder. And finally, last but not least, a little bit of a tangent, but we thought this would certainly qualify. Oglethorpe University. I say that because the mascot is a petrel. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's P-E-T-R-E-L. I looked it up. It's a seabird. And the seabird's name is Stormy. So at least it has a weather-referenced name to it. So there you have it, uh, a list of uh, some interesting mascots and names that all have a weather connection to them. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence, especially to pet lovers today because of the animal tie-in. Kind of fun. And make sure you mention it on social media or word of mouth, however it is you get the word out. But uh, get the word out to those of you that have someone that uh, love animals, love pets. Dick Goddard would be proud of you. Special thanks to those of you who have partnered to support Weather Jazz, Victoria Singer in Vermont, Dale Osborne in Ohio, Will and Tonya Krause, Ohio, Christine Barnes, Ohio, Rosemore, Ohio, and Bill Martin in Florida, and Andrea Rich in Tennessee. And if you have not heard your state and would love to represent your state in this list, well, now's the time to get active. I'd love to add your name and your state to that list, and it's easy to become a supporter. You're going to find the links at the bottom of every episode and the show notes, in this case, show notes for episode 194. And if you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can easily reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com and now also via text or voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. The number is 234-525-5888. Again, that's 234-525-5888. I want to hear from you. I love to hear your voice. That's probably my favorite way. Uh, that way, uh, th- th- there seems to be a-, a better connection. Email's great, but with that voice, hearing your voice, I, I can uh, actually uh, get that connection a little bit better. And from time to time, if you have a question and you leave it on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, I might use audio bites on the air for a future episode. All right, Science Wednesday coming up this coming Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. Remember, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is our normal release dates for Weather Jazz, and of course, they can come at any time, especially if the weather dictates. So we'll catch you right here with another engaging episode of Weather Jazz. Weather 
and science across the globe. Jazz Podcast.